Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Shaylin, and I'm very pleased to have Maria and Jeanette. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. All right. Hi, I'm Janet. <clears throat> yes, I will start uh, talking about Caravaggio's life and work. Caravaggio, uh, he was a controversial and influential Italian artist. He was uh, orphaned at age 11. Uh, they said his whole family died um, of a disease. He moved to Rome uh, very young and he was an apprentice with a painter in Milan. And he, he started painting really young. Um, he, his career, however, was short-lived because um, he killed a man and then he had to fled to uh, Rome. But in his uh, short career, he was very successful uh, regardless that he was always unstable in violence. And uh, people that uh, talk about his life, they say this, this was because he lost his family very, very young. So he had a very uh, complicated life, but he was very talented and he made uh, several uh, masterpieces, including the death of the Virgin, David with the head of Goliath, and he inspired generations of artists. So uh, one of his paintings called um, The Conversion of St. Paul is the one that uh, we're gonna discuss today. That painting records the moment when Saul of Tarsus was on his way to Damascus to annihilate the Christian community there. And he was struck blind by a brilliant light. And he hears the voice of Christ saying, Soul, soul, why uh, persecute me? And they, uh, they say that, that he didn't um, hear the voice, but he saw the light. And he was there, uh, he was after um, called Paul. That's why it's the conversion of, of St. Paul but he claims to have seen Christ during a vision. And that's uh, basically the theme of the painting that we're gonna discuss today. All right. So moving on, we are going to talk about Jacob Burkhardt's life and his work. Jacob was born in 1818 in Basel, Switzerland coming from a well-influenced family and being the son of a Protestant minister. He planned to follow his father's footsteps and he even went into learning theology. But after his first trip to Italy, he became more interested with the history, its art, and he wanted to learn more about it. So he abandoned his studies in theology and began studying at the University of Basel. And when he started working there and studying there, he learned a lot more about art and he started writing books. He also worked as a professor of history of art 
and civilization at the University of Basel. He later on also studied at the University of Berlin and taught there as well. So this made him the first official art historian in Switzerland. And at this point in time, there was not many people who knew much about art history and they didn't know much about it. So having someone with a father as a prominent minister, it brought a lot of attention to him and what he was doing. So throughout his movement in Europe, he continued writing his books and his major source of fame was the Die Kultur der Renaissance and Italian. And he used subheadings to explain all of the art that he knew about. Um, and next, we're going to talk about Bernard Berenson's life and work. Bernard Berenson was born June 26, 1865, and he was an art historian as well. He specialized in the Renaissance, and he also was a writer. One of his most famous books was The Drawings of the Florentine Painters. Um, his wife actually helped a lot in his writings. Um, and throughout his life, he served as a consultant to most of the American museums and the collectors and established a market for a lot of old paintings. Um, he received a lot of education in literature, language, and the history of the Renaissance period, which is actually what shaped his career. He built a career in criticizing history at first, but later on, as he learned more about history, he started to like the arts more. Combining both of these interests, he started publishing books, articles, um, little pages in magazines. And as he grew popular, he started having more influence in a lot of paintings and their values. And so with that, he actually grew his career and his first work was a dealer helping the British collector James Burke obtain Impressionist works. And one of his other famous books was about the Renaissance art and it came out in 1894, the Venetian painters of the Renaissance with an index to their works. Over the course of his career, he published two volumes of journals and many other books. So even though he didn't receive any formal education in art history, he was awarded two degrees by the University of Florence and one by the University of Paris in 1955. He later on died on October 6, 1959 at the age of 94, but he lived a long and fulfilling life with art history.
So now we're going to talk about what an art connoisseur is. And to say exactly what it means, it's someone who understands the details, technique, or principles of art and is competent to act as an, a judge. In this case, we have two artists reacting to a painting and they have some controversial aspects to um, as their way of kind of thinking about the painting, their way to react to it and wasn't all positive. Um, Rudolf Wickhauer's is one of the artists who reacts to the painting. He is a German-born architectural historian, educated in Berlin and Munich, and he spent his life from 1923 to 1933 at the Bibliotheca Herziana, Rome, where he worked with the director, E. Steinman, on an annotated bibliography of Michelangelo and acquired his unrivaled knowledge of Italian art and literature and architecture, sorry. So the main question about the case is if Weikauer is right, Burkhard and Berenson have completely misinterpreted the work by making it too much of the horse. If Burkhardt and Berenson were right, Weikauer is wrong and the horse cannot be ignored. How do we decide which of these great writers is right? So in my interpretation, Berenson is wrong with his negative approach to interpreting the painting he seems to have a limited appreciation for nature and animals with his perspective of humans having to be the most important thing to highlight in all art. He seemed almost personally offended by the emphasis given to the horse in the painting since he referred to it as a, to quote him, dumb beast. Berenson doesn't understand how to read or interpret art in a more accepting and opening way which is a vital part of being an art critic or a connoisseur. Um, in chapter three of our lessons taught to us by our school, the importance of learning the technical and academic part of art to understand the message portrayed in the art that the artist wanted to, con to convey. And Berson doesn't seem to respect the expression and doesn't understand the symbolism behind the painting. So in my interpretation, I believe that Burkhardt and Bernson were right um, because the horse can't be ignored to understand the painting fully. While looking at the painting, Caravaggio was trying to show how the higher society around him was superior and acted as if they were better. Um, the painting is to show what he was living and what he was seeing in that moment. 
So Caravaggio wanted everyone to look at the painting and be able to see how he was at the bottom of the chain and the rest that were on the top were looking down on him. He fell from his status from the top and went to the bottom. Um, so this is actually explained in the Bible in Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Yeah, in my opinion, um, a, I'm half and half because uh, it's you can't ignore the horse, but at the same time, the main uh, idea of the painting is the brilliant light that was uh, hitting Paul, meaning that God was showing his strength because he was gonna go kill the Christians. So, and that's the main idea of the painting. And although the horse represents uh, whatever was holding and supporting Paul in that moment, meaning that he fell and whatever was holding him fell too. Uh, the main idea is that he was touched by the brilliant light and, and that God was letting him know that he wasn't happy with um, the act that he was gonna do. So <clears throat> it's half and half, but mostly uh, I agree uh, with, with uh, Walker that the main reason of the painting, it's, uh, it's a religious painting and it's the strength of God in, in that uh, situation. But um, at the same time, the horse cannot be ignored because it plays a part in the painting, but it's not the main, the main reason of the painting. Do you want to add anything with this? Yeah, I wanted to add something actually. An art connoisseur can critique art along with compliment it, can add some controversy to their perspective and can add some complementation to their perspective. It's all in fair game, but at the end of the day, I feel like they weren't as open to interpreting and accepting the art. They weren't open to finding a reason for it to have been the way it was. At the end of the day, there's no way to make art wrong. If this is what the artist wanted, if this is how he wanted to show his interpretation, it should have been a little more accepting and then critiqued his work based on that. That's all I wanted to add. Exactly. Yeah, based on the chapter three that we read, it was basically uh, talking about that, how art is interpreted in the eyes of the person watching it. And it's also based on whatever um, background that person has. Uh, these uh, Berenson and Whitwalker, they had uh, different religious backgrounds. So that uh, too has a, a role in, this, in the way they see the painting and the way they interpret whatever they want to see. At the end, Carvalho, uh, he did the painting and whatever one, uh, was on his mind, we'll never know because he had his own background. It was years ago, everything was different. 
and we know he had a very problematic life. That's why his painting was so dark. He, he used that shadow school, uh, shadow school um, style, that it was very dramatic because that was basically his life. He was a very dramatic person. And um, everyone it's interpreting art with their background and ideas. So I agree. I'm still kind of half-half with that because I do feel that Caravaggio did explain that the horse played a big part in that painting, although it did have that religious approach to it. Um, so I believe that there is certain things that can be misinterpreted when looking at a piece of art and it can be difficult to understand the right meaning. But like Chavin said, there is no right or wrong when it comes to art. All right, that concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening. I want to thank you all for joining us and thank you to Maria and Janet. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious.